Hey, welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. I'm Scott. There's Dave right over there. And uh, we have finally moved into the only trilogy it matters in anything. Don't want to hear about the Lord of the Rings or any of that. Uh, this is it, the one and only uh, episodes four, five, and six. And we fired it off last night watching episode four, A New Hope. Uh, this is going to be an interesting discussion. David and I, as his shirt says, I was there. So was I. Um, May 25th, I was, 1977. I was six years old um, at that time. Really? So, yeah. Oh. Nice. In I, May was, 25th. Um, I was 11. Yeah, wow. I was 11. Um, yeah. I remember real quick before yeah. you go in, uh, I think I told you the story. I have a cousin, and his name was Bill Ganawichi. He was married into the family. Mm-hmm. And it is one of my absolute greatest childhood memories honest to god well, please i don't share. remember a whole lot of stuff from my childhood and, and a lot of it's just blocked out understood <laughs> For good reasons but uh there, that's there a different podcast one, yeah that's a different podcast uh but there's this one memory that i remember of bill gonna taking me and my sister Teresa to go see this and i remember things that were in this movie so i i wonder sometimes whether he took us to a like a preview showing like you know how they have the audience previews because i remember as the scroll was going up somebody was reading that i remember hearing it over the the audio and i also remember some of the scenes from tatooine with biggs dark lighter and and him him in the in the area and people have said since then like no it was never released it was never released like that well, it may not have ever been released, but it may have been a I knew about showing. these scenes long before anything was being released about this movie. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. before it was in magazines, before it was here, before it was there, because oh, wow. he kept everything really close grip. But yeah, I, and I remember asking my sister, like, do you remember the scrolling and somebody reading it? She's like, yeah, I, you know, I remember that. She goes, that's, that's why. That's weird. I haven't thought about that for years. She goes, but yeah, there, there's somebody reading it. And I remember a desert scene. And some other like little little things, mm-hmm. uh, and people tell me I'm crazy. They're like, no, no, no. And then every once in a while, I'll talk to somebody else that says, "Yeah, I remember that." So wow. they must have gone to previews also. It's quite possible. Um, I, but some people tell me I'm crazy, and they say it was never released that way. But I, that's my memory. Whether it's true or not, that's my memory, <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> um, I don't remember much other than the amount of toys I remember seeing in the stores and my friend's house with all the little figures. And I, even at that young age in the early 70s and mid 70s, uh-huh. I'm looking at these toys wondering, oh, my God, that droid was only in there for a split second. But Lucasfilms made a toy for every fucking character. And it was brilliant. Seemed like it. It was absolutely brilliant. So Well, Initially, that that first Christmas run, they didn't have anything. You had to pre-order oh, like wow. a stand, and they came with like little cardboard cutouts. I think. Um, oh shit! I, I never had any of the figures as a kid. Yeah. At, at first, uh, that those came much later when I started going to the old toy stores and seeing stuff that people threw out. And I was like, Oh my god, it's a Luke Skywalker! Oh my god, it's a Han Solo! What, you know, Princess Leia, great. Um, but I remember them not having anything. And they had, I mean, they just doubled down because nobody, nobody knew what this movie was going to do. Nobody was planning on doing anything with it. They figured maybe they'll, he'd make his money back and go, 
So yeah, it's crazy. But when those toys hit, like you said, uh, all the main characters, you know, Luke, Leia, Han, right. Chewbacca, and then all of a sudden, everybody's like, okay, what about everybody else? Oh shit, we need Darth Vader, we need droids, we need stormtroopers, and they, they just started just like you which said, was everybody. That was, was fantastic. Great. Nobody did anything like that. Nobody. No, um, nobody did anything like a lot of things in this movie, and yeah. that's what it, this is. This is a groundbreaking movie, um, in a lot of ways because I think yeah. it. Yeah. One of the things I noticed last night, and this was before I read the article that you sent me on Lucas's wife, uh, Marsha. Yeah, right. And how she edited and was basically the best idea person, and he really needed her. Uh, <laughs> and I've heard really? that. I've read about that before. Yeah, so have I. That explains everything wrong with the first three movies that you and I were talking about. And I'm yes. like, maybe I'm being too picky. But I, I had sent um, Scott an article, and I think I still have, have the address here, so maybe we can connect that whenever we go to post this. Um, and it was The Secret Weapon, Who Made Star Wars Great? And it's on news.com.au. And it's about George Lucas's wife. Yeah. Uh, Marsha. Marsha Marcia Lucas, I think. And b before I read that, one of the things that I was going to come into this podcast today with was how great the editing was in this movie. I yeah. think the editing, the cuts, everything is just so well done. The musical score at the right times. Yep. Um, now, uh, for our listeners out there, I watched the special edition and Dave watched the original. Uh, which I am good, jealous of, but the special edition again. But it, it, it's good because <laughs> I want to talk about some of those differences before we really right. start digging into the meat of this movie. Um, you're hit right away with just how cleaned up everything is, and it, mm -hmm. and it looks fine. But right. there's right. CGI now where I know there was no CGI. Um, there's creatures that were no creatures, and there were scenes yeah. at the beginning when they make it to uh, Moss Eisley. Mm -hmm. that um yeah it's go exactly goofy as fuck about. scenes little mm -hmm. stupid shit going on in the background look going the for a laugh yeah and it's like am i watching the phantom menace again it's mm -hmm. what the fuck are you doing george um none of that was necessary and in fact it's very jarring because now as we talk mm -hmm. about cgi doesn't hold and it's not great cgi um that cgi definitely does not hold up I don't think. And it does not hold up for Jabba at all. He looks so fucking weird. They should have just left it out. <laughs> there, there, yeah, the scene when um, Han Solo meets J Jabba at the parking lot, yeah. I guess. Space parking port. garage. And it's in his garage. Yeah. Um, his garage. It, it doesn't really work. It, initially, it had a guy in a costume, and a big, this guy wore like a big fur. Yeah, like, that's what I remember thing. seeing. He was just like this big, heavy guy. Or special and, stuff. From what I had read in books and stories was he was supposed to be a Jabba um, uh, like stand-in. Uh, what? Decoy? Yeah, like a Jabba decoy because nobody was supposed to have known what Jabba the Hutt looked like. Evidently, they didn't come up with the Huts being a species yet. It was just Jabba the Hutt and nobody knew what he looked like. So this guy could stand in. If I remember correctly, the reveal was supposed to be in Jedi when you finally see the real job of the Hutt. Yeah. So they could have just as easily left this guy in. Because guys like yes. you and I would have probably known, known, oh, that's not Jabba the Hutt. He's he's a stand-in, you know. And yeah. This is the guy that he's been dealing with for 10 or 15 years since the movie Solo. 
so he has no idea who Jabba the Hutt really is. He's never even met the guy. Yeah. It's always been this inter intermediary guy. Um, could have probably left that alone, you know, because the real yeah. fans would have got it, and new fans would have not known who Jabba the Hutt was anyway. So, but that's just you know, me. and and that being said, what what I really want to get across is I enjoyed watching this movie, regardless of me watching the special edition. Yeah, I really love this fucking story. I love how it all comes together, the oh, acting, so the chemistry, the the sound, the everything fired on 100 percent yeah george lucas struck gold when he did this and it's i sat there with my almost my jaw on the floor still watching it's like how did they pull right. some of this off it's right. really freaking cool i do have to make a joke about the death star and osha no no railings around anything it's like <laughs> and him a railing it's the same way on rogue one there we go now that's what's cool this movie takes place right seconds right after heels. rogue one yeah, and it's and it's oh. beautifully done like that, and I really love yeah. seeing that. Going into this movie after watching the five movies before that right, all right. lead up was a great idea because I approach this movie differently now. It's like I've got mm -hmm. all this story. The problem right. being is George hadn't apparently written all of this other shit before, mm -hmm. and there's some there's some holes. There's some things that miss. Uh, Anakin. Should have recognized the two droids he fucking built. I'm Absolutely. just gonna put it out there. Why didn't he? Why didn't Obi Wan recognize R2 who had flown with multiple times? I think times? he did. I think he knew exactly who R2D2. I have a note somewhere in there. Oh, about I want to hear that. Go ahead, jump because that was one of my biggest things. It's like, how does Obi Wan not recognize fucking R2 and C3? Because he looks over and he says, Come over here, Frank. He knows who Luke Skywalker is. They already know each other. Mm -hmm. that, that becomes obvious that they've met. Very so in obvious. the series, they better have them meet. But he calls, come come over here, my little friend, and oh, R2 makes a noise, and he's like, he's fine, he'll be all right. And he's looking at R2-D2, almost like, are you R2-D2? Are you the R2 droid that I, that I'm, that uh, I know? Okay, okay. And then whenever Luke says, he claims to be the property of Obi-Wan Kenobi, do you know him? And you see, Luke, you see him go back on his haunches, yes. Obi-Wan. And it's not just the name Obi that Luke is saying the name Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's looking at R2-D2 and he says, funny, I don't ever remember owning a droid before. Because technically, Obi-Wan Kenobi never owned a droid. No. So he's not didn't. lying. No, but and he, I just looking thought... Looking at R2, if you look at the... Go back and look at the scene where he's just looking at R2 like, what, what did you tell this kid? What, do you, what does this kid know? What's going... He doesn't want to give him too much information right. yet. That's how I took that scene. And that could, now, be. Whether, that could be. Now, whether um, Sir Alec Guinness knew the backstory, if he just looked at looked at uh, Lucas and was like, hey, man, I need to know who this guy is. I need to, does he know the droid or not? I need to know how to act this. I don't know. And he may not have at the time. And it, it, it does work sure? when you look at it that way, because I did see him pause a little bit, but it still mm -hmm. it was like the way they have um, anthropomorphized Besides, I can't even right. say it. The droids in the Star Wars universe—they are the what? The anthropomorphic. Yes. Yes. That's the word. Um, thank you. Well, I know big words like mayonnaise. Mayonnaise and anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic. droids. The way they made them that way, um, right. I would. It would have been just like seeing an old friend. Is like right. I would have thought it would have been an instant, and that's why when Vader had seen them, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. He built y'all. He knows you. But yeah. we get nothing, nothing. Well, in Empire, um, you get Vader grabbing Boba Fett's gun and pushing it down. When yeah. you see, 
when he sees him going to shoot across. Oh, I can't the wait to get to pit. that. Okay. Um, so just keep an eye open for that. And initially, everybody's like, "Why the hell did he do that? Why the hell did he do that?" And whenever you see episode one, you're like, "Now you That's know. why he did that. Good. He knows who C3PO is. That, well, that's how I took it. Um, with with the the Obi Wan, I just assumed that Obi Wan, like he's going to tell this kid what's going on as they're going to Alderaan. He's already got yeah. like, okay, the, the the droids didn't give it all up. You no, know, they didn't give R2 anything. He hasn't up. said anything, and if he has, the kid can't understand him. So, and and the one droid's memory's wiped, so he's not going to know everything that's going on. So I'm good. I can I can. I can piecemeal this story to him yeah. until he knows what he needs to know. Well, and that's, that's how I took it. It became obvious that everybody knew who Luke was except poor Luke. Right. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I want to talk about something that I hear a lot of people say, and I completely disagree. And I don't know how you feel about it, but I hear a lot of people complain about Luke Skywalker as being this whiny kid. Yeah, he's a fucking teenager growing up in the desert. Of course he's going to yeah. whine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you yeah. expect? A lot happened to him. He's got a backstory that his his parents are hiding from him. Right. You see the look between Owen and Baru that, oh, oh are yeah. we even going to discuss how horrible they look after only 19 years? I'm just saying. Right, after they 20, aged yeah, horribly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, that, see, that's what I, my problem with his timeline is it, nothing jibes up. Yeah. With the age of the guys that they are in the first movie, he he needed to play this timeline a little bit in episodes yeah. one through three. Episodes yeah, it got it too close. Yeah. Uh, Baru and Owen are a good twenty years older than they should be. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know they're living in the desert, and I know it's a rough life. It's not that hard. <laughs> I mean, even Obi Wan. You look at Obi Wan Kenobi, and you're like, "Whoa, dude, you you're like eighty here. What but the hell happened?" He looked pretty good. I could. I could. Yeah. S- Ah, I I always he's a little far, a little further. I get it. He, I don't think he would have looked that old, but you know, we've we've seen you and McGregor more than we got to see Alec Guinness, right? Uh, right. Play the character, so I think in my mind and everybody's when I think Obi Wan, yes, I still think of Sir Alec Guinness, but it's also mm-hmm. so much you and McGregor. Um, see, but so. I always go back to Alec yeah. uh, to McGinnis yeah. just. just I think it's because it was the first guy that I saw, and he was in the three movies for oh yeah, little snippet for that. Um, but the, to go back, you were talking about the the cutting and the editing. Yes, his wife made this movie, and folks, if you go and do do the the read on the article, um, I've always heard how good she was. I had always heard that it was the wife that saved that movie, oh, yeah. and for years I I just assumed yeah it was probably the wife because. He had so much film and he had these other two editors that just had so much stuff. They didn't know what to do with it. She came in and she, they had so much unusable footage because of the storms and the problems that they had that when she came in, she would take a shot to the very last frame and then she would swipe it to the very first usable frame of the next scene. So that's why you see these swipes and everything seems to last a little bit longer Mm -hmm. or they cut it right before you think they should, or you're like, boy, I'd like to see what happened next. Well, they didn't have anything next or it was unusable. So she would get to the last frame that she could possibly use, do a swipe, do a, do a spin swipe, do something. And her, that was all her figuring out how to put this film together. It's, it's, it's well done. And I was watching that last night. It's like, man, this thing is well cut. It's well paced. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't ever really bog down. 
Um, it's just boom, yep. boom, boom. And she she did uh, Empire and Jedi too in the same way. And I don't think I think that article said she's not credited, but I had yeah. always heard that she was in on those too. Yeah, I did only, see that in there that she was part of it. She wasn't the main editor, but she right. had a hand in it. Yeah, um, I, I'm sorry, you ain't walking in there with this woman on the movies that she's done, and she's not the main editor. I'm sorry, isn't that weird? They, They've she been edited trying to American Graffiti. I forget all the mm -hmm. others that she had done. They've been trying to wipe her off the history of Star Wars for years. And I'm like, Lucas, just get the fuck over it. She saved your... She made you a multi-billionaire. Yeah, she did. Is what it boils down to. Because she came in and saved your movie. Just, you know what? You should be paying her a damn stipend. Just, just cause. <laughs> in my opinion. Stop yeah. trying to be a poopy head and just let I her, agree. Let her I agree. There's uh, there's other people that we can get out of Star Wars who are actually trying to ruin it, and that's a discussion for a later podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, those, those three are coming up, but that's another story. <laughs> those are uh, coming. But yeah, she was a really good editor. Mar yeah, um, Marsha, Marsha Lucas, and I don't yeah. remember what her, her maiden name was. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I remember seeing it in there. And, um, but she, but it's, she, he owes a lot to her. He owes a lot to her. Yeah, very well done. I, um, I'm i not even going to talk about a synopsis of the story, because if you don't mm -hmm. know, well, then I'm sorry. Go watch fucking Star Wars. It's just a hero's <laughs> journey. You know, it's it. It's very basic. It's by the numbers. But you know what? That, that works because that works. And that's... I, I, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name, and I just totally lost it. Joseph Campbell. I have yeah, okay. a couple of his books on my stand, my big messy book stand. I was about to throw that name out. I was like, I don't know if that's who you're looking for. That, that's exactly who I was looking for. Thank you. Joseph Campbell was uh, like a comparative religious studies mm -hmm. guy. Um, he taught at, a, at, a, at an all-girls college. I can't remember which one right off the bat. But he was really good at his job. And he wrote a, a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which completely changed my my thinking on religion, on any one religion. So mm -hmm. that's why I think I'm so, for me, I'm very open to anybody's belief system. I'm, I'm very open to it. I, I don't think one is better than the other. There's ones that I prefer, but, you know, there, there's only one that I have I like no to think of my Jesus in like a tuxedo shirt, T-shirt, so it means he's serious but likes to party. That's know? right. That's right. And he's got a little <laughs> bit of a... Yeah, well, a little mullet. Party yeah. in the back, business up front. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 if, if the opportunity to quote Talladega Nights pops up, I have to. So <laughs> Let me it's, tell it's you the law. Jesus has got, got a sense of humor. He'd have yeah. to. Look, young out with three, 13 fishermen or whatever. Um, but but one evidently, he brought him in. Uh, Lucas brought him in when he was like trying to put together the story for the really? Hero's Journal. Jerry, to make sure he was, I guess, hitting all the high marks. He brought him in for Empire. So he, he was kind of on, wow. on loan from the college, for lack of a better term, to talk about stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. That's one of That is actually really cool that he did uh, that. And that might explain why uh, the next movie up is is my favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I like some better than it others, but man, when it comes down to it, it's Empire all day long. Um, but these movies are so, so good. And I was watching that last night and it's like, I've always liked this and uh -huh. I haven't, I haven't watched this one in, in at least a year or so. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, but man, getting all that backstory and watching this, it hurts mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, yeah, it does. what it does. I mean by this is 
it doesn't help the movie in some ways. In some mm-hmm. ways, it helps the viewer. But I'm going to say the fight scenes in episode one through three, mm-hmm. one, two, and three, and Solo and Rogue right. One are so good, and it's so so much more fluid. And then you get to episode four, and it's like where the choreography go. Darth Maul is weak as I mean, Darth Vader's weak as fuck here. Come on now, right. <laughs> you know. Well, <laughs> and that's just because they didn't have have that in there. So you're used to seeing him fight like a badass. Now it's like. Ding. Well, well, the way that I take it, and this is how I justify what you're saying in my own head, is these are two masters. They fought. They fought side by side. They've had their big duel, at least one big duel. They may have another big duel. So at this point, they're beyond all the force choke, force throwing stuff at each other because they're so evenly matched that at this point, it's just who's better with the sword. Yeah. You know, let, screw screw the whole force thing. But it would have been so Let's exciting. <laughs> there is on YouTube someplace, and I, I've watched it before. It's somebody did an edit, a badass edit with Luke, or not Luke, but with Obi-Wan and Darth fight, fighting in that scene. Uh-huh. It is phenomenal. I've seen that, yes. If anybody can find it. I don't remember what it's called. I think Jim called. showed it to us once. Maybe. It might, might have yeah. been Jim. But if anybody can find that scene... If you can digitally enhance it and put it into a cut of the movie and send me a copy, that'd be great because I don't know how to do all that. But that scene fits perfectly. Whoever did it, whoever put it together, it looks, they they, like dropped Obi-Wan's face on whoever was doing the body double shit for Obi-Wan. And then you got Darth Vader. I mean, they're, they're doing that kind of fight scene, you know, the jumping and the moving. But I guess, you know, after, after seeing Darth, just total badass on, uh, on Rogue One is like, ah, but you know, when, when I look at it, I think these are two masters that are just, there's no tricks. That's a fair point. The tricks are done. Yeah. You You save the tricks for the guys who are going to run in fear. And Obi-Wan knew what he was doing. And, um, you know, I I used to think, what the fuck? Obi-Wan just gave up. Yeah, he did. He did. But for a reason, he knew Mm -hmm. he could attain a higher level and still be a conscious entity who could help Luke and still be part of the force. And they brought that up in episode two. Yeah. Yeah. They show Qui-Gon had found a way to do that. Right. And would and then a deleted scene, Obi-Wan is learning how to do this from Qui-Gon. So right. here it is. And that was I thought that was that was like, oh, I'm so glad I watched that because this makes so much sense. And that's one of those scenes that they should have never cut out. Yeah, I agree. In, in, the, in episode two, two. two or three, two. I think two, it was two. When, yeah. when they when they did that, they should have left that scene in there for Obi-Wan. So anybody in the future that hadn't seen the movie yet, that would have all made sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that that scene to me is just two guys who are the the tricks don't work, right? You know, they're not going to work against these guys. They've they've fought. They know each other's moves. It's just down to who's a better swordsman. And honestly, I think Vader would have lost. I think at this point, no would. no tricks, no no troopers. But would Obi Wan have gotten out of there alive? No, I don't think so either. No, but I no, think it was it was path. it was done. It was a it was a mm-hmm. sacrifice. Obi Wan yeah. was able to sacrifice himself uh, willingly, and it was I, I, it's a cool moment. And it's uh, I remember seeing that as a kid. Do you remember what the the yeah 
just everything falling down. You're like, holy crap, and Vader well, poking it. Like, what well, What just happened? When we, were, <laughs> when we were just talking about Marsha Lucas, um, it was her idea to kill Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, that was not going to happen originally, but she's like, you know, this is boring. Yeah, there's nothing going on. You you have to have some stakes where they can't just run in main, and run out. And Darth Vader's like, oh, oh well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, kill a main cool. character. Then every from that point on, who else is going to die in this movie? Yeah, it was. It needed. He needed to go. Yeah, he needed killing. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Story yeah, wise, he needed killing. Because honestly, getting off the Death Star in real life had had you not been given the okay, like by vader to get away there's no way in hell they would have they'd have just blown that shit up they, yeah. they would have pushed that ship out shot it in his face and you you'd never gotten yeah, on there you'd never got on the on the death star you'd never gotten away from the death star there's no way yeah. no way it would have been like getting off that planet in rogue one you yeah. weren't getting up. That was as soon as they got there. It's like, yeah, this is a suicide mission. That's it. We're done. <laughs> you're, let's you're let's make it count. <laughs> yeah, let's make let's make it ten men feel like a hundred. Let's go. Yeah. Mm. So let me that go sounds through. Like a I got. Wait. <laughs> I got a few notes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Drinks are on me, fellas. Um, what? I got some notes. We'll run through them and we'll just stop looking at me like that. It was funny. okay. <laughs> uh, the best opening scene ever, bar none. No movie comes close. That scroll and then the ship flying overhead over the one eye, and then the other ship coming over just blasting. The sound I remember as this kid watching that being completely flabbergasted yeah like that scene today to this day i will turn up i got the nice speaker system now i turn that sucker up yeah and i just want to hear that boom of the engines and, flying over and the blasting it's so cool and that's why they have done it 10 more times <laughs> yep every time it's in space yep yep every um, single movie opening it's great R2-D2 and C-3PO are in the life pod. Yeah. They get out, right? The guy's aiming the gun. The one gun gunner's turning it around. He's going to blast the shit out of it. And the one guy says, no, leave it alone. There's no life forms in there. It's it's probably just a misfire. I think that guy was a rebel sympathizer. Because any, any Imperial they guy would have bland... Yeah, just in case. Just yeah. in case there's something on there that we have to blast the shit out of, blast it. Very well could have been. And who's and it would make perfect sense. You mm -hmm. the Death Star is absolutely massive. So there are probably fifty to a hundred thousand people working on it. Easily. 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 That's a small number because this thing is yeah. the size of a moon. There might be a million people on this thing. Um so yeah. yes, to think that there'd be somebody sympathetic to the mm -hmm. Republic, of course, because the designer of the Death Star's weapon, Galen Urso. Was a rebel sympathist. So. Exactly. So there's got to be more in the Empire that are like, I did not sign on for this. What? Why is my uniform black now? Why yeah. do I look like a Nazi? <laughs> Why did you hire Hugo Boss for our uniforms? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they fit nice and they oh, are stylish. They awesome. <laughs> and these great boots on a winter's night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my boots are always shiny, but I don't feel They're great for the high step in there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just don't feel comfortable anymore. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, I look good in black. Look pretty damn wrong. good, but <laughs> yeah. and and those capes are really fashionable here. But yeah, um, yeah, I just thought he did, like it hit me last night. Like, why would that guy never do? You know, that's ever, a great never point. Shoot it. It was one of those things ever since I was a kid. It's like, why didn't he just shoot it? Yeah. Um, I want to know what happened to Vader's aide de camp. It's the only guy that walks around and tells Vader his honest opinion and Vader doesn't force choke him. Whenever Vader's like saying, bring me all the rebels aboard the ship and the kid looks at him and goes, you know, she'll, she'll never tell you anything. She'll die, you know, or, and he's like, leave that to me. And he says, yeah. you send a, send a message. Everybody's been dead. And the guy's like questioning him. He's walking down the hallway. Like, I don't know about this. And Vader's like, don't worry about it, kid. I got this covered. Yeah. My backstory in my own head, I've never read anything about this guy. I think the guy had some force ability and Vader was helping him. I think that was going to be his secret. This is how I've always thought about this guy. But I want to know. Wow, I never thought back. about that guy till now. Now I will. I, I want to know what that guy's backstory is. Because he's the only guy that could talk to Vader and Vader didn't strangle him. That means he, he knows he him. He wasn't well. a yes man. No, that means he knows I mean, him. They're he he was close. he was comfortable enough to give and respectful enough to give his opinion, but no one to stop. Like, ah, uh, she, she's that's dangerous. Vader, you see, this is dangerous. Whereas, if one of the colonels or even one of the commanders of the ship would have said, "That's dangerous, we can't do the," he would have well, been like that, like that idiot, you know, it was just yeah. going off on um, <laughs> Lord Darth Vader. I'm like, oh fuck, oh no, oh no, and you know, everybody around the table is like, oh no, fuck, here it comes, and the guys, <laughs> you're half expecting all all the other guys at the table to grab their head, like, or go, shh, 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 you know, finger to the lips, shh, shh, yeah, because you know what's coming. Just, just stop. <laughs> It's like he's the one guy who hasn't been force choked at the table yet. <laughs> he's new. He's a new guy. <laughs> he just, just like, got transferred from Dan Tween. <laughs> okay. Now let me, let me. This just brought up a thought. Okay. There's a lot of people at this time frame very dismissive and downright somewhat disrespectful mm -hmm. of the Jedi Order. Right. Um, like it, it. It's only been. 19 years. years since Order 66 or whatever. They say so, it takes one generation to forget your entire history. I think that is very believable, and it probably happens a hell of a lot faster. Just look at the world today. And I think that's why he did it that way. Like, by this time, the, the Emperor or the Empire has done so much to wipe out any history of the, wow. of the Jedi that if anybody knows them, if anybody knows about them, you're not going to bring it up. Good point. Good point. And if you do bring it up, you're going to bring it up in a dismissive and a a, a fuck you sort of way. You know, like yeah. you, you, that's a stupid religion. Yeah. Looking Hope around and hoping there's it. not a Jedi around to, to kill you for saying yeah. it. You know what I mean? Um, but like with him and Tarkin, when Tarkin tells Vader, "Hey, you're the last of your religion. You know, I'm sure everybody else is dead." Tarkin and Vader have got a, a deal going. Like, Vader only tolerates Tarkin. They both want the same thing. I've read in some books where they were going to... They're basically, without saying it to each other, we're going to overthrow the Emperor and take over the, the Empire. That was their deal. That was the nose to the finger, you know, I know what you know, and we both want the same thing. And Vader always just assumed, eh, after I do it, I'll kill that fucking guy. 
you know, he's going to be real easy to kill. <laughs> now, now, since you mentioned Tarkin, um, mm -hmm. you are absolutely correct. Uh, Peter Cushing is not that tall. Right. It's the first thing I noticed. It's like he was a lot taller in Rogue One. Right. Exactly. Wow. They could have just made him the same size because it was that, very noticeable. That, that's like, the thing. And I think you and I talked about it when we did Rogue One. Is That was the one thing that bothered me more yes. so about Tarkin than anything else was he was so much taller than everybody else. Yeah, I, I don't know why they did it. I don't know if the actor was just a tall guy. Yeah, but you know he know. could do the voice. He sounded yeah. enough like Tarkin to where he pulled it all off. Um, little funny, I I had heard this many many years ago and I forgot about it. And Cat was looking something up or saw something that uh, Christopher Reeves, the man who played Superman in the mm -hmm. first in the good Superman movies, the first two. Um, after that they sucked. I'm sorry. Um, Come on, you know what, Richard Pryor. actually trained with <laughs> with uh, David Prowse, the guy who played Darth Vader, because he was a bodybuilder. Prowse was wow. a bodybuilder. I didn't he know was that. like a world class bodybuilder, and that's why they put him in the costume because he was so big. You know what's neat though? Well, let's talk about Vader a moment. Um, okay, James Earl Jones, the voice of Vader, such an iconic voice. I oh, I love this man's voice. He can read voice. the phone book. You know, it's yeah. But you could tell this is the beginning of his Vader. Right. It's, it's not as powerful and as strong as it is in the, uh, the last four movies or whatever. So, right. Right. Um, and that probably has come with age. It's probably gotten deeper mm. and stuff like that. But it was, it was just something I noticed last night because uh, Janine had asked me. She said, yeah, Vader sounds off. And it's like, well, that is James Earl Jones. The very it, first. Yeah. It was the very yep. first uh, movie with, with Vader's voice. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, yeah. The funny, well, not funny, because I, I really suffered for this, and occasionally I think you probably pick up on it. I know the wife does. Um, he suffered a very bad stuttering problem as a child. He, and, and as a young, like I guess teenager, he had to really hard to James Earl Jones. Uh, James Earl Jones. I did not know and, that. And I, when I was younger, I had a really, really bad huh. stuttering problem. So when I get really excited or really pissed off, I start to stutter a little bit. I have to catch myself and go, okay, stop. I've, I've never think, noticed. Think but... about what I'm going to say. Well, every once in a while I stutter and my wife's like, ha, 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 and just says something. And I just look at her like, really? It's like, it's, yeah, she's like, oh, I forgot. I, I <laughs> only like, do that okay. when I'm. okay. I don't really mind. I'm just, I'm just giving you this look because I know I can. <laughs> it just happens to me when I get kind of, years. kind of fucked up. I start to stutter, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's only because you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, he, he had a really bad stuttering problem, but I thought it was really cool because she brought that up the other day, and I wow. I know that I had read it, but I had forgot. It's one of those things that I just forgot about, but Prowse like, was the guy who got him into shape to be Superman. Wow, I did and not if know you that. notice, if you look later on he, in the first three movies that he's in, because Prowse is in the, in the costume, if you look at his arms, that's not molding in those costumes. They weren't molding costumes back he then. He was really that big. So when, when Vader like flexes his arm and you see the, the ripple yeah. in the arm, that's, that's all prowess. That's what he really was. Yeah. He was just a beast of a guy. You know, he was also you, in uh, the BBC series, um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, very he, cool. He's just in a small part, but he's, when you see him standing next to a regular sized human being, you're like, holy big crap, guy. that guy was big. <laughs> Have you um, read anything about 
or interviews with him on I'm, I'm just curious on how he felt about not being able to voice Vader. Um, I mean, nobody's well, going to deny that James Earl Jones is, is is perfect. It had to be done, but I, I just always wondered how David Prowse felt initially. Or if he, he knew was, that going in, no, he did not know going in. Initially, if I, if I remember reading and hearing correctly, he was supposed to voice Vader. Mm-hmm. He was supposed he they just had the mask on him and he was reading the lines. But the thing is, he had this. I, th- I think it was a Scottish accent, a slight Scottish accent, uh, a thick Scottish accent, or Wales accent. I'm not sure which. So oh, when well, you, man, hell, when you, if it was Welsh. So <laughs> if you ever hear, if you ever hear him actually speaking in yeah. the Vader, and he's he's talking about um, the one scene that I remember seeing is he's telling them to take Leia away. He's like, just take him away, and he's got this voice that, and he's this big monster of a guy, but his voice did not actually fit him especially at the time so you can't have that as vader and evidently that i'm gonna take a wild guess and say marsha lucas stepped in and went no you can't do that no because your impression or impersonation is uh i thought of biggest dickest yeah exactly but that's kind of what the guy sounded like i mean i'm not trying to be a dick because you know sorry gotta work the monty python in everything he did though he voiced it and everybody was there and i think just somewhere along the line somebody was like george we can't use any of this there's no way anybody would be afraid of this guy i don't give a crap oh they start laughing you know yeah it's like i don't care if he is the emperor's right hand man um I just love the Jawas when they. Oh, I love the Jawas. They get R two D two that skunk that jump shot whenever R two is going up the hill and he's like whistling la 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 minding his own business. (laughs) Then the Jawa jumps up. What Danny? I I can't look at the Jawas the same anymore. Ever since uh, the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, because the um, (laughs) the mechanic on Tatooine that has helped Mando right. and Boba Fett. She actually right. mentions, ah, I dated a Jawa once. <laughs> Hairy little buggers <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, what? Because yeah. <laughs> she do. speaks Jawa. She starts hollering at yeah. him. Like, He's like, you speak Jawa? Yeah, I dated one once. <laughs> <It's> yeah. like, oh. <laughs> well, she's short. so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> great character, oh. by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's a great character. Uh, I just love, I loved Luke whining about Tashi Station. That yeah. takes like, that's what a teenager would do yeah exactly you're a teenager that wants to go to the big city in this case the big city is off that freaking hellhole of a planet yeah you know so that makes sense if you do um you can find scenes where he does go to tashi station um that were were cut Mm -hmm. so it's uh it's worth a watch to to go and take a look at those it's kind of neat watching the like we touched on a little bit earlier the aunt brew and Uncle Owen characters that mm-hmm. they got for the first two episodes or the first two or three episodes. Yes. Those guys, they were perfect. She looked enough like a young, like you could look at her and go, yeah, that's a young Aunt Brew. Yeah, but I can see why the they guy were. I looked just like an Didn't Owen. He? Like, oh, yeah, that guy is, that's yeah. Uncle Owen. That guy is Uncle Owen. And I think he's supposed to show up in Obi Wan. I think they're supposed to have some some scenes together in Obi-Wan. I hope they brought the girl back. If you brought back the actor that plays Owen, I think you have to bring back that that actress. Um, The first time I'd ever saw a lightsaber. 
was the first time I fell in love and know that if they ever make lightsabers, I'm going to buy one. I don't care what it takes. I want a lightsaber. Keep your blaster. I want a lightsaber and the Millennium Falcon. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> that's not much. What do you that's not the... much. I don't think it's a... But it's bypass light speed. Come on. That's pretty yeah. good. Can't imagine <laughs> what the Kessel fuel cost is on that thing, but... <laughs> But yeah, see like that's what's that. that's what's cool about watching. I'm, I'm gonna go back to this because I'm really enjoying uh, doing the Star Wars marathon. When yes, Han so makes a reference of the Kessel Run, it's like I just saw that. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's right. It was twelve parsecs. Yeah, I just watched that. It's like <laughs> to see that stuff, and you see the um, the the callbacks, and it's like right. this was well done. People knew what they were doing writing these right. prequel movies to try yeah. and get it to connect. So they had to really study. And watching it last night, I could see how much, uh, I, I cannot remember the actor's name who played Han Solo in uh -huh. the Sol movie Solo, but it, he really studied Harrison Ford because he, he yeah. really brought the essence of yeah. Han Solo. Like I said, there's a couple of times that kid makes makes a move or he turns, and yes. you see Harrison Ford. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. And I like, um, what was I going to say, in, in he talks about the Kessel Run, and he's walking on Solo. I don't think I talked about this in the, when we did the Solo review. He's walking past somebody. He says, yeah, I did the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. And Chewie's, roar, roar, roar. He's like, not when you round down, pal. Not yes, when you yeah. round down. Yes. <laughs> See, that was the... That was, it was brilliant. Like, that was, it, was, it was one of those moments. It's like, wow. Yeah. It was a good line. It um, was. <laughs> but the, I don't know anybody who doesn't want a lightsaber. I, I'm going to... We we all want one. I do have a friend who who makes those. I like um, custom I'm, made. Um, I'm showing my lightsaber right now. Yeah, if anybody, very interested. nice. Yes, love my lightsaber. So I, I want mean, a real one. There's there's a market if we could ever get a real one. Oh, um, I'm telling you, they would sell. They people would stop buying guns. They would just go buy damn lightsabers. Why do you that. want a lightsaber? I would just want a lightsaber. What do you I mean? Just want why? A blaster. I'll take a blaster. <laughs> yeah. A blaster would be awesome. Yeah. Make sure you shoot first. Let's talk about uh, blasters and shooting first. Uh, yeah. Well, wait, wait. Let me get there. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> the one thing that really bothers me about this movie is Princess Leia's disappearing British accent and reappearing British accent. Did not accent catch it. And oh, disappearing. I never caught it until the wife brought it up to me, and now I can't not hear it and then not not hear it. <laughs> Ever since she brought it up like 10 years ago, I was like, Oh, my God. And then I heard it, and then I didn't hear it. Then I heard it, and then I'm like, oh, my God, nobody caught that continuity. Board. How did they not? <laughs> in an empire, they just got rid of it. They're like, no, just don't try and speak with a British accent, Carrie. Yeah. Just just stand there and look cute, and don't worry. In the third one, you're going to be in a slave girl outfit. We're, we're all looking yeah. forward to that one, Carrie. <laughs> that cantina scene. I don't know how you felt whenever you were a kid and you'd seen that the first time. Oh, it's so cool. Holy cow. All the different alien oh. life forms. It was just so neat to see. Uh, That's when you know they're on another planet. Because yes. they're not demons. They're not evil. They're just different. guys and women and just things in a bar. And you're like, oh, my God, that is brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. I love that. I loved seeing the two assholes uh, from 
Rogue One? <laughs> yeah. I said something to Kat the other day, like, Dr. Evazin and Walrus Man need to just shut the hell up. Do they not know how lucky they just were? Did yeah. they not get the news? Were they not watching CNN whenever no. they were flying into the tattooing? They are very lucky. And, but well, no, they were. They were they really were. lucky. Until <laughs> they, they met a Jedi. One too many times. Um, the Jizz Band. George Lucas <laughs> named, I forgot the name of the band, but it's a jizz band. I just want to know how leave many it at people, that. I just want to know how many people looked at him and went, George, that's, no, that's, that. oh, never mind, George. Just do what you want to do. The dice in the cockpit are not the dice that are in these other movies. These dice are little silver dice with black dots on it. Those are the dice that I always wanted. And then they changed the design, and I'm like, I don't want those dice. I want the original dice. Uh, that's why Just they me. did that. That's that's weird. Don't know. We'll, we'll talk about the shooting, but I have two things that I want to talk about real quick. When they were on the Death Star, what did they do with the two stormtroopers and the two techs that they blasted and knocked out on the Millennium Falcon? Were they still on they... the ship when they got back to, to, to Yavin? Yavin base? I'm, I don't... I don't... Did they jettison them out into space? They, that's a good thing. I never even noticed. You know what? <laughs> Apparently I'm not the only one who didn't notice. The entire editing crew didn't notice. <laughs> and everybody else. Like, they didn't even roll them down the, you know, the gangplank no, and they were no. taking off. We're just going to assume they took care of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing, yeah, but... Han Solo at that point probably would have put a, a blaster bolt in their head. Probably. probably. Um, yeah, and I got to say, once again, to reiterate, the real hero of the Star Wars saga is his ex-wife, Marsha. Marsha Lucas. She did yeah. the Empire and Jedi stuff. Um, do you agree or disagree, or you think I, I'm giving her too much credit, not enough credit? I, 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 I will never say you, anybody. When it comes to editing, that's my mm -hmm. passion. I love right. to edit if I'm doing something behind the scenes on a movie, editing is where I love to to be because uh -huh. the editor can take a horror movie and turn it into comedy and make your comedy uh, a heartfelt drama. Right. Uh, just by changing camera angles and using different clips and mm -hmm. changing the music, changing the cues, the lighting, right. the coloring, all of that, um, the editor has immense power. So right. I think... Yes, she deserves all the credit she gets. And it's funny that it's it's always the wife that goes and saves the husband from doing something yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, it, so why it, would you we, divorce we look at, her? Look, look at Stephen shit. King. Brilliant. Um, Stephen mm -hmm. King's wife, the story goes, she pulled the, the, the novel uh, Carrie out of the trash can. Really? Yeah. So, wow. And forced Steve, Stephen King to publish it. Wow. So, I'm sure he's glad he did. Yeah, I'm sure he is. <laughs> but it's like... about the 5,000th printing. Yeah. <laughs> Millionth. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. insane. That's insane. It? But it's... It, and it goes to show, I think... And I don't, don't fault George on this because you and I both and other people, artists as creatives, we are our mm -hmm. worst critics and stuff that yeah. we... 
we think is horrible. Other people are like, well, it's just amazing, but nothing, yeah. ne- nothing is ever good enough. You know, it's always, eh. and that's the hard thing. You have to get to a point in your life. And, I, and I'm getting that now. Finally, thank God, as I'm getting older, much older is getting to a point where it's never going to be as perfect as I want it, but I can make it good and I can make it good enough. Yeah. One of the things to, like, yeah, one of the things for me is always learning when to quit, when to stop messing with. Yeah, you know, yeah, I do that in a script, or if I'm editing something or mm-hmm. whatever, it's just you know what, you're done. Walk away. Yeah. It's it's over. No matter how much you caress this, it's not getting any better. Her, her abilities were were just astounding. And the, I agree. the to talk, talk about editing, um, the sand person that's going after Luke with the, yeah. the hike and then he stands up and he goes with the and he does the, the thing above his head and he shakes it. Yeah. That's a rollback. That's that's uh that's a toggle back and forth, back and forth. For the I did not know that. The stunt man only did it once. He went, Whoa and then, and then they did that. And, oh and, the, and she, I guess she was looking at it and was like, Well that's too short. Boop, 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 and they just added the with the sound, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Says all the years I never noticed. <laughs> I never see, freaking noticed. It's somebody having the eyes and just the thought yep. to see that little thing and doing. That's here's here's the thing that amazes me. It's the little things that yeah. make something come alive. Oh, if you so look good. at so at the good. cantina itself. You're like, at first glance, my God, there's a lot of different aliens. But you know mm-hmm. what? They took you around. You saw everything. You looked. There were the glasses, all the props, everything designed and picked out for a certain way. The more yep. stuff that's added in, the more real this shit becomes and the more believable. And it's just amazing. And they didn't stay. His one rule was never stay on anything too long. You're in yeah. the bar. You see the bar. This is what happens in the bar. You're out. Yep. We're, we're gone now. Brilliant. Yep. Make it look lived in. Brilliant. Well, it was uh, shot. The the camera angles in there, they were shot very close, very oh, tight. Yeah. And that helps give you the feeling of you're in a, a cramped bar. I mean, it's like yep. just, everything was just boom yeah, right in your small, face. small, cramped, typical bar. Yeah. A spacefaring bar. Um, real quick, the guy who played Porkins. Uh-huh. Name two movies that you've seen him in. I can't. But all I could think of last night was where have I seen him? Batman, the first Batman, with Michael Keaton. He was oh, the yeah. detective that gets shot. He's the guy oh. with the cigar who's talking like this. Where you been sleeping? Yeah. Who you been spending your nights with or whatever. He's the guy who gets shot. And then the uh, government agent, you don't know what government agency he's with, in Indiana Jones, the first Indiana Jones movie. Son when of a they bitch. go to get Indiana Jones. Yeah. And they're saying when he's asking the guy, well, where is all the, you know, where's this stuff at? And he says, it's in a safe spot. And he goes, what safe spot? Is it a very safe spot? That's, those are the, he's one of the I'll agents be giving him shit. So Lucas used him a couple of times because he liked him. Yeah. That's so really I thought that cool. was pretty cool. Now, now my stupid notes are out of the way. We have a few more minutes. Let's talk about who shot first. Han shot first. Why? If you I... don't watch the special edition. <laughs> exactly. Now, I, here's the thing. We just, wa- we just watched two movies ago. We watched Solo. Right. You learned that Han learned a very important lesson in Solo, and that mm-hmm. is to shoot first. <laughs> and that's why Kasdan wrote that scene that way. Yep. 
And I guess he had had a chat and, and it sounded like he had a chat with Lucas and Lucas want, didn't want him to, to like do this. And he's like, no, I basically, he Kazan basically helped create the empire, uh, yeah. the empire and, and, and the universe that we know and love by helping Lucas a couple of times. So when he went back to write solo, he was like, I, this is the character I want to write. This is who I want to write. And everybody's like, great, great, great. Come on in. And when he did that, I was like, that's him telling George Lucas, you were wrong to change this. Yep. Without slapping his friend and former boss in the face, yep. that was him saying, this is who the character was. This is who he should have stayed. And I agree with that. It was it was a yeah, I don't understand the choice, why he did that. It was just like, what the hell? Because, because George, that's not how the movie was. George Lucas touched too many things. And I, and I think... Like you and I were just talking about, you got to know when to stay to yeah. to walk away. Well, he got all the toys. He had all the toys in the world, and he had all the money in the world that he could go in and just keep touching and playing and touching and playing. Yeah. And he was pissing off the fans, and he didn't care because yes. this is my movie. No, no, George, it's no longer your not movie. anymore. Yeah, it's just not. As much as I want to say, you know, as a as a creator, yeah, if I put something out there. It's it's only partially mine. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand? You know what I oh, mean? Oh, I understand at, completely. At some point, I've I've put this thing out there, and now it's everyone's. Well, not saying that everyone has a right to make money off of what I'm doing. No, they don't. They're not allowed to but, copy it and steal it. But they, it is theirs to look at and go, okay, this is how I see this particular yeah. thing. It, it, it involves everybody. One of the stories related to that. One of the stories mm -hmm. I always chuckle at, and I, I find it very interesting, is Trent Reznor. Um, when he did the song Hurt, Johnny Cash actually covered it on his last album before Johnny yeah. passed. Yeah. And it's a it's a beautifully haunting song. Um, Trent said that when he heard this on the radio, he said, fuck. I'm paraphrasing here, people. He says, right. like, fuck. It's no longer my song. I just lost my song. Yeah. Because he recognized that Johnny took it and just made, made it his it. own. And, and Johnny Cash incredible. did such a good job on that song. I know. It's It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, um, it's haunting, but anyway, but yeah. How long in there? Once you put make something and put it out there, yes, it's yours. But Star Wars has touched so many people. Yeah, it's like you just don't mess with it. And his his excuse was he want he didn't want uh, Solo to be considered a bad guy ever. But He's his, not a bad guy. No, but the problem with saying that is that he was never a a bad guy. He was an anti-hero but you had to have some kind of uh circle you he had yeah. to have a, a, a motivation he had to have some change in his personality now would he keep shooting people first probably absolutely but he's going to make sure they deserve it yeah. well <laughs> i know? always i always so look he, at um han solo in uh dungeons and dragons terms he's a chaotic good character yeah uh, yeah know, I'd give he, you, he yeah, is okay. good Perfect. but he don't care yeah. about the rules the rules right. don't matter. I just uh, I'm going to do what's right, and I'm going to help somebody. It may be for me, but it may yeah. be for everybody else. <laughs> I, I might be able to help this person and still live, but if I'm going to die, I'm not going to help that person. So yeah. yeah, he's a he's a good character. I don't he think absolutely he, is. A lot of the editing that Lucas kept going back, like when he goes and and digitized the fight scene in the Death Star, he put in way too many X wings. Yeah. I mean, he was had like hundreds of X wings. They only had like thirty or forty. They were a small band. They, it's not like they could go out in the open. I mean, they, 
Yavin, I'm sure, was only one of a couple of bases. Right. You know, I would think if you're a guerrilla warfare, you're not putting everybody in one base. No, you're not. You know, they might show up for five minutes, and as long as they don't all get killed, they all say one thing and then take off. You know what I mean? But you're not going to have everyone, all your ships, all your ammo, all everybody in one spot. If you do, you're doomed to failure because, you know, yeah. the Empire's not going to let you get away. But that, uh, yeah, that shot that's always bothered me. I remember sitting in the theater when they when they were releasing the movies. And they were like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's EA. And then that scene, and I was like, what the hell? And you could just see all the adults do one of these. At first, everybody's like, yeah, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, everybody just did like a sit up in their seat straight and look around like, what the hell just happened? No. Yeah. And you could hear the groan. No. Oh. And it was poorly <laughs> done. I mean. The, the the head being off to the side, it just it didn't work. Nothing the the way like where it hit, it just yeah, yeah it was like nothing. this is wrong. It was pointless. It was and mm -hmm. so God bless Kazdan for going and writing writing solo right. the solo movie the way he did to give us a reason why Han shot first. And exactly. it, was, it was great. <laughs> I would recommend to Disney if you're gonna release Star Wars ever again, just release the original. Please do version that was released in the theaters back in the 70s just I do remember. it just leave the models alone clean it up make it look pretty yeah it's been done give us a I 4k gotta... release and yeah. you know i because i really don't want to break out my laser disc player no well that's just it like the one that i have is uh, the, the cut that i have was yeah. burned from a laser disc that's right. how i got it letterbox very beautiful it's nice and cleaned up but it's the original stuff from the movie yeah. it was just cleaned up that's all they did and i'm like this is perfect why didn't they just release this disney needs to just release that i would like to see all that other stuff put back into the movie would too all the stuff I would too. we, we may get it yeah. eventually yeah. whatever i'm not gonna hold my breath but that's, so do you have uh, any more notes on episode that was four? It. I'm, I'm very happy with with uh this movie this is all oh, great God, fucking movie. This movie yes love yeah. this movie the only I holy agree. trilogy that matters as far as movies go that's right. The Holy Trilogy. The Holy Trilogy. movies. Just movies is what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <whatever. laughs> um, yeah, so, I don't... I got nothing bad to say about this movie. I loved it. I, I don't either, other than the special edition. Um, it's still worth watching. Yeah. Take yeah. it with what it is. Uh, because that's all you're going to find unless you have... Uh, well, you can you can find the original. Um, mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say, unless you have a yeah. laser disc. Um so it's really not available to stream out there. Uh, so what you're going to get if you're... I've been watching these on Disney um, just because it's like they're right there in a row. I just right. like I don't, I don't... I do own them. I've got them on DVD somewhere, mm -hmm. but that would require me to get up and put something in a machine <laughs> to watch it. Uh, <laughs> so I can just stay oh. in my recliner and hit play <laughs> and watch. But uh, they've, they've been really good on there. They're mm -hmm. all cleaned up in 4K HDR. They look beautiful. Um, right. Watching uh, episode four last night, it was absolutely gorgeous uh, for such an old movie. Oh, it looked nice. great. Uh, so it sounds incredible. Uh, so that's I, I do like that everything's been cleaned up for that. But so next week, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Thank oh, you, folks. I cannot wait. Ah. So until thank next you. time, hit subscribe, hit like, share us. Um, thank you to all our new listeners who have joined in when you saw two old guys bitching about Star Wars. Uh, yeah, thank you very thank much. You. Very nice. uh, we do appreciate everybody who's joining us. 
uh, drop us a line. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Give us some feedback. We love hearing from uh, our listeners and tell us where you're where you're listening. Are you mm-hmm. on a podcast or are you watching the video on YouTube? Uh, we get we have different audiences on both places. Different right. uh, shows get different traction depending on where they're at. So just curious where where you're listening and what what you like. So uh, until next and time. One last thing. Yes. May the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>